Yup. Alright, here we go. Yeah, I'm not gonna rap to that. Um, this is episode number 35 of the Greatest Goal Podcast, and thank you guys for listening. Now, let's just get right into this ish. We're gonna get right in through this last episode of audio because I am gonna be moving to video. I've been saying it for a while, but here it's gonna come. All right? So, boom on that. Now, Let's get right into it right now with topic number uno. It's going to be a quick, fast podcast. Piojo Herrera, tocamos fondo. We hit the bottom. This is after a loss in the press conference to Necaxa. Now, the only problem with that is that they didn't hit rock bottom. They lost to a good team, a team that's competitive, that has gave great work to a lot of teams, including Chivas. You know, we tied with them 3-3, three to three and it was a hectic game. It was a back-and-forth game. And the one thing about that team is that they don't give up. They're dynamic, and they press, and they're intense the whole 90. And they got sprinkled in uh, a couple good players. So I think more than anything, Piojo Herrera's trying to wake up his team, shake them up to, to get the point across that they need to play better because they did underperform, and they should perform better. So it's an exaggeration because it's not the truth. They did not hit rock bottom, but they can give a lot more. So I get the point and the attitude that he wants to instill in his team. Uh, so through that part, it's okay if you look at it from that from that way. Now, um, Pio Herrera, good message to the players, and he should just keep on doing what he's doing, and he'll most likely get into Ligia. Right now, as it stands, they're in ninth place, which is on the edges looking in, on the outside looking in, better yet. Uh, now, let's move on to Ricardo Lavolpe, topic number two, and uh, Victor Manuel Busetich. Ricardo Lavolpe, through his side, is now an employee of Toluca. He is the new head coach of Toluca. Um, they fired Cristante because uh, not only were they staggering, they were underperforming. You know, Toluca's a good team, and they need to perform well. So to ask them to perform really well is not in the cards. But to underperform as bad as they were is also not in the cards. They just need to get into Ligia, and that's a success for them, and you can see what they should do or what they can do in, in the playoffs, in the Ligia. So they were underperforming, and... Yeah, uh, that was a good choice of getting rid of Cristante because it looked like it was going downhill from there. And Ricardo Lovolpe is more than an experienced coach and he should be able to do some some good things with this Toluca team. It's not a bad team. The players, they're good players. So uh, Ricardo Lovolpe should be able to pick it up from there. Now, moving on to Victor Manuel Bucetich, just got hired by Gallos as well. That's also a good move because the last time Victor was there, he got that team into the Ligia. At this point, they're just looking to win a game because they had six straight losses in, in the in the in the tournament. So all they need to do is pick up from the rock bottom that they're at. And that is the truth. They are rock bottom. So anything any any ties or or, or, or win, obviously, is is a step up. And Victor himself is a guy that had in his moment he had Orbelin Pineda, he had uh, Ronaldinho at the end of his career uh, but he made this this Queretaro team make the playoffs and it was a decent team it was a team that could hurt you you know it, it could cause surprises especially in Mexico anybody in that eight up that seed eight to 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 
let's say 13, could scare one of the giants or the people making Ligia, the ones that are playing uh, really well. And that's it's common in Mexico. That happens all the time. Um, so that's a good move for Gallos. You know, the last coach that did the best is coming back to Gallos. The bad thing is that Gallos got rid of all their star players. They got rid of Mier. They got rid of Orbelino a long time ago. They got rid of, not that they got rid of, Volpi, their goalie, probably one of the top three goalies in Mexico. People say number one. Volpi went to Brazil. And he wanted to make the case in Brazil to get called up to the Brazilian national team. One thing that he was not going to get in Querétaro. And Volpi is a really good goalie. So that's a good move for him, but a bad move for Gallos. Now, let's move on to the CONCACAF Champions recap. Now, Red Bulls lost to Santos 2-0, and um, uh, Dynamo lost to Tigres 2-0, and Monterrey beat Atlanta United 3-0. Now, the recap is this, and it's in general. All the Mexican teams dominated, and lots of people keep on throwing up the excuse of they only have one game into the season, and the Mexican League already has 10 games in. So we're hitting a stride. They're in rhythm. Uh, they're fit. And that's not one thing that you could say about the MLS teams. But even that being said, the Mexican teams are still better. I think that as this champions keeps on going and progressing, they're going to hit their stride where they're playing well. Or they're in rhythm and they don't have that excuse. And when they get to those stages, they're still going to lose because it's happened in the past consistently. And I think they're still a couple years from, from, uh, from, from really competing. Because from what it looks like is every time the Mexican teams really try put their starting squad, they demolish those teams. I think that there's a lot of great players in the MLS, but they're sprinkled throughout the team. And let's say if you have one or two really good players, you have eight, you know, I mean, eight. you have like five uh, below average players and maybe two good players. I mean, that's not, I'm not being specific with that, but that's what it seems like. It seems like there's a, a star in a team and that's pretty much it. So it looks like it's, uh, it, it, to, the, to, the, to the untrained eye, it looks like they have more than they actually do. You know, when you see Wayne Rooney over here in, in the MLS, when you see Zlatan in the MLS, when you see uh, Carlos Vela in the MLS, you know, it's usually one or two stars and the rest of the team leaves a lot to be uh, desired. So that's the only point I'm, I'm trying to make. Now, moving on to um, uh, the rumor of Gio, you know, Gio left Galaxy and it was more a contractual thing. Lots of people were trying to make it a, 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 a thing about his... Uh, his uh, his performance at LA Galaxy, which uh, Hercules Gomez broke it down on ESPN Deportes perfectly, saying that if he had if he was a leading goal scorer in the MLS, he still would have had this contractual problem, and that was that Galaxy had three franchise players, well had four, but Slatan came on uh, a one point five million dollar deal for the first season. So he was not yet a franchise player. That's why Gio could play with Slatan and Jonathan and the, the 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 other guy. It was because Slatan took a pay cut to, so so that they all could play. Now this year the deal was 
once this season is over, Slatan, you're going to be the next franchise player, and we're going to re-sign you for a lot more money. And that was a problem. That was a problem. They had four. You could only play in the league with three. So they had, either had to cut somebody or or, or or cut, you know, Slatan, which is the guy that they promised to keep, you know. So uh, Galaxy, on their part, Hercules Gomez was saying on ESPN Deportes that they thought the league would give him the permission to play with four. Because according to Hercules, and I'm not well-versed on this, that's why I'm referring to Hercules, Hercules said that Galaxy has gotten those those things in their favor before. So Galaxy thought that this was going to be uh, let go by the league, that they weren't going to be strict, but they enforced it this year. So Gio had to leave. And obviously it's, it's, a, it's bad for the Galaxy. Why would they want to pay out the rest of Giovanni's contract, which was uh, nine point something million, so he could not play. It's just a waste of money. So, what you rather have? You rather keep the player if you can keep the player. Is the point? But they couldn't even keep the player, and they still gave him nine mil. So it's just like a lose lose on the Galaxy's part. That's why it's not a, a performance issue on Gio's part. Why he got let go? It's more a contract thing. And a technical problem that Galaxy thought they were going to get away with. Well, they didn't get away with it. And they just lost Gio. And they just paid him out. So now Gio could re-sign with any MLS team. Or um, or do whatever. He's a free agent. You know. So that's that. Now Gio arrived in Mexico City in the EFE. In the airport. And then he went to go get his leg checked out. Or the injury that he has. He went to go get it checked it out uh, at the... Uh, America's installations by their uh, medical team and obviously lots of people right away started a rumor that Gio was coming to America and that the negotiations were about to start or were ongoing and Pio Herrera pretty much killed that in the dressing room in the dressing room in the press conference saying that um, he's not an option in any of the staff in America or the directors of the president so it looks like Gio is going to be negotiating with whoever. Probably, most likely, an MLS team. Um, it just makes more sense right now. In Mexico, he can't be sold to anybody right now. I think the window is still opening in the MLS. So the other rumor was that he was going to go to Cruz Azul. You know, as soon as Gio came to Mexico, everybody started a rumor. All the big teams, Monterrey, Tigres, Cruz Azul. Even Ch I think Chivas was the first one, then America. So... I mean, it just goes to show the power of Gio. Even though lots of people doubt him, I don't know why. Um, Gio coming to the Mexican League would be automatically a top five player if he's healthy. That's the question. Because the talent you can't even, you can't put in doubt. Especially when you're not comparing him to top flight players. You're comparing him to players in the Mexican League. You're not comparing him to to, to players in Europe. You're not comparing him to, to players in Europe when he plays in the MLS. This is what I don't like. People in uh, LA Galaxy fans, when they say, oh, Gio didn't do anything, or he didn't he didn't score a lot of goals, he didn't perform like he should. All right, you want to put in your bench guy? Because that guy's horrible. That guy's disgusting. That's my point. You could only say Gio is not performing when you have something better off the bench, when something should come in. But that when that's the best you got and the player is getting injured or he's having trouble, well, what are you going to do about it? 
He's way better than the player on the bench. That's the point. The point is, if he's better than your guy that you have on the bench, just shut your mouth. You know, it's not going to be a step up for Gio to leave or Gio to get benched and your guy to come in. It's it's a lose lose. You know, Gio's not performing because he's not healthy, and the player that's coming in off the bench is not good. So, the more than anything, it, it's been a lot of bad luck on Gio's side, not being able to get healthy, especially in the MLS, a league that he could thrive in. A league where when he came in in the first and second year did damage. It now has sort of fell out because of injuries. Lots of people won't look into those details and so will sort of forget about him and just blame Gio for not performing when he's been on the bench or he's been injured. So, anyways, let's move on to the Liga MX uh, table. And I do, let me see, let me see. I think I have it on me right here. And the league looks like, the table looks like this. Tigres is in first place. Monterrey is in second. Leon's in third. Uh, Tijuana is in fourth. Necaxa is in fifth. Chivas are in sixth. Santos Laguna is in seventh. Pachuca is in eighth. And America is in ninth, like we said before. But let's see how it keeps on going. At this point... Um, America needs to step it up. Uh, Chivas looks like they're falling off. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen from here to the end of the, the season because it's so close together. Nobody's been able to pull away, really. Everybody's within reach. Even uh, a couple of the teams uh, out of uh, the playoffs, you know, are still within reach. You know, a couple bad weeks by the top teams, a couple good weeks by the bottom teams, and you're talking about a, a five-place uh, drop or, or a, a five-place uh, uh, increase, you know, incline, better yet. Uh, so let's move on now to the Liga MX recap and review. As it stands right now, uh, Tigres beat Pachuca 3-0. Monterrey beat Chivas 2-0, Toluca beat Veracruz 3-1, and America lost to Necaxa 3-1, Lobos WAP beat Pumas 2-1, Santos lost 3-0 to Leon, and Cruz Azul beat Necaxa 2-1. Um, well, that's how it goes. This was uh, episode number 35 of The Greatest Goal. And like I said, there will be video in the next episode. So there you freaking go. The Clásicos are coming up on Wednesday. And then Saturday, there's going to be another Clásico. Chivas versus America. First in the Copa MX and then in the league. So let's see how that goes. We all know that Clásicos are played with intensity. And with those things that, that men have below their belts. Not with football. So I hope the Chivas players know that because I'm a Chivas fan. And it looks like this Cardoso team has not been the the, the, the type to put in uh, that 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 character, that temperament into these games, which is worrisome because the football is not there. When you don't have the football, you have to have the other part. If you don't got the other part, you're completely screwed. So let's see how that goes. It's not looking good, but let's see how it goes. Anyways, thank you for listening to the Good School Podcast. This is episode number 35, and I'll see you next week later.